Why watch that as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. The Why Watch That Movie Talk. We have a movie talk for you. Yes, two movies coming out this week. <laughs> End of the week. Oh my goodness. First, we have one directed by the sexiest man alive. Oh my goodness. And the other <laughs> is not directed by a man. So let's keep going. <laughs> He is the sexiest man alive. He is the sexiest man alive. Critic. What do you want me to say about this? <laughs> Look, anyway. I am a huge fan of Idris Elba, but I don't know anything about being the sexiest man alive. He's people's sexiest man alive. Oh, you mean it that way? Okay. Yes. So I don't know. Look, I I'm do not want to get. I'm a journalist. I wasn't yeah. just. <laughs> <laughs> I am not going to get in in the middle of any women in Idris Elba. No, thank you. Uh, No, that is not a good idea. (laughs) Listen, Idris Elba is making his directorial debut with the new movie called Yardy, which actually, side note, we, or the critic, got to see um, last Sundance, not this Sundance, but Sundance 2018. Mm -hmm. So it finally got distribution. And here it is coming at you this Friday. Now, again, like I said, Idris Elba is directing it, but he's not in it. Uh, You do have other people in it. I'm not even sure who's really leading the cause here. Mm -hmm. Um, But we know um, Emil Amin is in it, Fraser James, along with other people who the critic will uh, then go into. It is written by Brock Norman Brock. Mm -hmm. I said that right. Martin Stellman. And it's based on Victor Headley's novel. So... Do tell us about Yardy because the sexiest man alive directed it. (laughs) Yeah, look. I like that setup. (laughs) Yardy starts in 1973, the sexiest year on record. (laughs) When we're introduced to D, a 10 year old boy who lives in Jamaica. Mm. And by the way, um, Amel Amin plays him as an adult and narrates the film. So from the beginning, we hear him as an adult in voiceovers while we see him as a kid who's in a precarious situation. There are two rival gangs whose beef threatens the entire community. However, as a result of the tensions, Dee's big brother, Jerry Dredd, who's a DJ, decides to throw a block party to inspire peace between the gangs. But unfortunately, the end result is tragedy for Dee and his brother. Then 10 years later, Dee's all grown up. And despite what his brother wished for him, he's involved in one of the gangs. Yeah. One of the gangs took him under its wing over the years. However, after Dee thinks he sees the guy who was behind the tragedy from 10 years ago, he's sent to London to handle a drug deal so that nothing bad happens in Jamaica. You see, any retaliation from Dee would cause beef between the gangs again. Ah. Plus, maybe he's mistaken. Mm. 
And so while in London, Dee surprisingly gets the chance to reconnect with his estranged girlfriend, Yvonne, and their daughter, which causes him to reconnect with his estranged, uh, or it causes him to actually rethink the life that he's chosen. After all, he obviously has strong reasons to turn things around. Hmm. However, there are obstacles to that happening. First of all, uh, the whole drug deal thing takes an unexpected turn, which leads to danger for everybody involved, including his family. Mm -mm. And second of all, he winds up finding the real culprit behind that 10-year-old tragedy. (laughs) And so we discover that Dee's thirst for vengeance will prove impossible for him to shake regardless of the consequences. And now for the review. Inyardi. While director Idris Elba coaxes thoughtful performances out of his actors, they need to let go a little more at times. Their performances, they were just too measured for the genre and the story. Also, why Idris, uh, he said at Sundance in 2018 that he was influenced by Spike Lee in regard to the visuals and by uh, Martin Scorsese's Goodfellas in regard to the narrative structure. He didn't do anything new with his inspirations. Mm. Furthermore, while the music is well chosen and helps to lift the narrative a bit, it still proves difficult to follow every nuance and detail in the plot, despite the familiarity of the narrative arc. And so overall, while Idris definitely shows promise as a director, Yardi needs more pop to ratchet up the suspense. Plus, I'm not quite sure that it achieves its goal of providing a glimpse into Yardi culture that expands how it's stereotypically thought of in England, which is as a culture full of Jamaican criminals. Even still, I guess it's good enough to pass the time. Okay, the sexiest man alive (laughs) gets a good enough from the critic. Well, let's move on to The Mustang, another Sundance uh, movie that, unfortunately, we weren't able to see at Sundance because it was shown the second week um, and not the first. But we did get to see, uh, both of us did get to see uh, an advanced screening of it. Executive producer, no, no, like, surprise here. It's going to be Robert Redford because of the Sundance affiliation. But he is not in it. What? Instead, it is directed by Laura Del Charmont Tonnerre. I'm thinking that's how you say it in French. My, I'm sure it's better somewhere else. But it's co-written <laughs> by. Wait a minute, Brock Norman. Brock is back. <laughs> Brock Norman. Brock wrote this. In fact, we need to title this. Movie Brock Talk or Brock Movie Talk. <laughs> Brock Norman Brock wrote it. Mona Eastfold uh, was one of the co-directors. And then the director, of course, was in that writing as well. It stars, um, first of all, Connie Britton's in, in this. Not a lot, but she's in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> butt-kicking performance by Bruce Dern. <laughs> I mean, he kicks your butt. Jason Mitchell from The Shy. He's there, not only from Shy, but uh, Mudbound as well. Mm-hmm. And then it's starring uh, Matthias. Uh, how do you say this guy's name? Uh, Matthias Schoonarts. Oh, Matthias. Okay, that guy. And 
you've heard of him before. You've seen him before. Yeah. But we're going to let the critic kind of walk us through this plot. And we're going to talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, So Roman Coleman, played by Matthias Gunartz, is about halfway through an 11-year sentence for domestic violence. Oh, yes, it was. Yeah. And this is at the Northern Nevada Correctional Center. (laughs) He's a man of few words. (laughs) And he's certainly intense. But things for him are about to change because after he comes out of solitary confinement, (laughs) he's selected to participate in a specific form of state-mandated social rehabilitation. He's selected to be part of the prison's outdoor maintenance program, which by happenstance eventually lands him in the coveted horse training program. That's real, isn't it? It is. Like now in you, real life. Oops. Now you might be thinking, exactly why does a prison have a horse training program? Hmm? Who does that benefit exactly? Well, you'll have to watch this film to find out. Ooh, you're not going to give it away. Good for you. No. But regardless, being placed in this program is good news for Roman, whether he knows it or not. Or so it seems. Mm. Because he soon learns that myriad challenges await him as he attempts to train a particularly difficult wild Mustang, which he names Marcus, (laughs) a name that's spelled like the French Marquis and that he discovered while reading an equestrian magazine. Now, Marcus exhibits some of the very same problems that Roman has with aggression, fear, and anxiety. But neither the man nor the horse is left without supervision because Roman's helped by Miles, played by Bruce Dern, who's the butt-kicking, hard-nosed director Rev was talking about. My gosh. Yes, of the prison's horse training program. He's also helped by Henry, played by Jason Mitchell, who's an inmate with lots of horse training experience and who assists Roman as Roman tries to conquer his own anger in order to connect with Marcus. Plus, Roman undergoes anger management to combat his violent past under the guidance of the prison psychologist who's played by Connie Britton. So it seems like things are finally looking up for Roman, but hold on. Uh-oh, he gets a visitor. Unfortunately, there's more to the story, right, Raph? Mm-hmm. First of all, like you said, Roman's pregnant 16-year-old daughter, Martha, played by Gideon Adlin, wants him to emancipate her for reasons that are unsettling for him. Yeah. After all, he has a lot to atone for. Second of all, Roman's cellmate, Dan, played by Josh Stewart, who's always some menacing weird guy. Oh, he is so weird. Wants to take advantage of Roman's proximity to a certain kind of drug that's given to the horses because this drug is highly sought after by the inmates, which places Roman and others in danger. I mean, just what kind of leverage does Dan have over Roman? Ridiculous. And so, will Roman be able to find his way to redemption, or will his efforts be thwarted by outside threats that he has no control over? Also, how will all of this affect Marcus? And in the end, will Roman be able to find his way out from under his past to form a brighter future. Ooh, dum-dum-dum. Now, who's reviewing first, Ref? Why don't you go for it? Because I'm probably just going to nod and smile. (laughs) Now, look, here's the thing about the Mustang. It scrambles elements from Westerns and retrofits them into a prison drama. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, you have a lone man and his horse on the frontier, essentially. But this frontier 
is inside of the mind, right? So Ooh. they're facing down threats via violence and other means. However, we know this man is a prisoner. Again, the frontier is his mind and the true battle lines are there. They are cerebral. Now, is the connection between man and horse in this film as nuanced as it could be? No. No. But it's not obnoxious and it leads to a fitting ending. Furthermore, director uh, Lard de Clermont-Tonnerre and cinematographer Ruben Impens, or En Paul, have wisely settled on a particular aspect ratio that's more compressed than normal, echoing the pressure that Roman's under. And that pressure isn't overdone. You can just smell a bit of it, taste a bit of it, until it explodes before your eyes. Another positive is the way that music is used here to enhance things just when you need it. In addition, the editing's pretty solid. So that takes care of the technical stuff, which leaves the acting. First of all, the cast surrounding Matthias Gunaritz as Roman gets the job done. Connie Britton has just two scenes, but she quickly establishes authority as the prison. I liked that scene. I know you did. Mm-hmm. Do something. <laughs> <laughs> a Bruce Dern is as sharp as a tack yeah, he is. as the ornery horse trainer in charge. Jason Mitchell brings much-needed personality and humor to this film, while Gideon Adlin conveys a well-calibrated somberness that's appropriate for the pregnant daughter of a convicted felon. And Josh Stewart, as usual, like I said, keeps everybody on the edge, even when you can't quite make out what he's saying. I mean, whatever it is, you know it's no good. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that for you, Raph. I know you were in there like, what is it? I was, I was like, what is happening? What's going on? <laughs> look, despite all of that, the Mustang rests squarely on the shoulders of Matias Gunarts. And look, he has a shaved head, he has a goatee, and he's a pretty big guy, so he looks the part. Yeah, Plus, yeah. his acting fits his appearance without being obvious. He's convincing as a guy who could lash out violently at any moment, but who also has vulnerabilities that he's trying to suppress. He's at war with himself. And so largely, though not only because of him, the Mustang is a character study that works. And here's my recommendation as a result. If you like deliberately yet appropriately paced dramas about loners who have to contend with demons from their past, this will work for you. It has enough variety to avoid monotony and you'll care about the characters who matter. I liked it. I liked it. Good for you. You know what? I liked it too, but I do have a couple knocks. Mm -hmm. Only because you said all of the good um, things, and I agree. So these knocks are just sort of just cautionary for all of you who decide to pay for this um, in the movie theaters. I think it is a beautiful movie to see in the theaters. It's a very much an alternative to what may be coming through, meaning you've got Captain Marvel already out and you've got all these, you know, other big name shows that are kind of revving up for uh, the summer blockbuster. If you just want something a little off, a little real, a little grounded, mm. Mustang maybe for you. I do have to say, unfortunately, I was way ahead of the story. There's yeah. nothing really new that happens in the Mustang. Nothing new. Exactly what you think happens, happens. He flips out. We see why he's a tough guy. I'm going to say it. I'm not going to ruin it. But 
You may lose someone. Oh, you know exactly who that person is. Yeah. You know what's going to happen to him at the end. And then you know what's going to happen to the horse at the end. There's nothing new. It's nothing fresh. But what I will say is that it was entertaining. Mm. Not in a eat your popcorn kind of way, but as you stated, critic, going inside of the wild frontier of of that character and his horse was certainly intriguing enough for you to move through the movie in its short time. It's not a long, 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 long movie and you're not being drawn out by tears. So I too echo and say, it's good, you see it, but as cautionary, don't go in thinking you're going to discover something new. Mm-hmm. Take us out. Well, everybody, keep in mind, Friday, March 15th, two movies are coming to you. Not to every theater. You may have to root around for them if you want to see them that way. And they are Yardy by what the ref says is the sexiest man alive. <laughs> and, and People Magazine. <laughs> and People Magazine. And The Mustang. Not the same kind of movies here. Food for thought from both. And that's from us to you. Both written by Brock. (laughs) Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.